2: I'm sorry.
0: It's Wizard and the Bruiser. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the tragic comedy that is Wizard and the Bruiser. I'm your bruiser. That's not to be confused with the loser, Hold McNeely. And, and I am the wizard, Jake Young. <laughs> Roll 20, and you get to cast the uh, sex spell. Critical boning. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. A lot of critical boning will be happening on this week's podcast. We've got the lady's favorite uh, on, the, on the docket tonight. That's right. It's Neil Gaiman. Oh, the 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 Britishman? The Britishman indeed. He comes from the the crazy land of Britain where they have <laughs> scones and a tea time every day at three o'clock.
1: I, I, I never quite understood as a kid whether or not his name was Neil Gaiman or Gaiman. Gaiman? Uh, Both are just very manly names.
0: Yeah, it was always gaming, and I always made fun of him for it. He has the word gay in his name. That's not true at all, actually.
1: I I mean, if we're going to make fun of any British comic uh, figure, we should make fun of Michael Moorcock.
0: Yes, Michael Moorcock. Michael Slave Boy Moorcock (laughs) has got to be the worst name for a comic book writer. And, of course, his penciler, um, Dr. Pedophile, which was, I don't know why you wouldn't change that. First of all, what kind of parents gives their kid a first name doctor, I'll tell you why they do it. It's that they'll raise a young doctor, right? So I get that part, but the last name, you know, I understand because back in the day it was like if you were, um, shoeman, that usually meant you were like a shoemaker or something like that. So, of course, we know the lineage there, but, um, I still feel bad for, do- I-, I can't believe I'm still talking about this made up person. I mean, person. we
1: all, we all- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you ever read 2000 AD? Like, it's probably in there somewhere. Absolutely. It's definitely in there. It's in there four or five
0: times. <laughs> uh, so, I'm, I'll am i tell you what. I bashed my brains against some Neil Gaiman information. It's been a while since I visited the wonderful world of Neil Gaiman. I think the last book of his I read was Good Omens, which was a while ago. Uh, I would say it was several years ago. Um, but I was definitely a huge fan. He definitely um, was a part of the dream team that brought me back into comic books when I was in college. Him, Alan Moore... Uh, Frank Miller um, okay. sort of I uh, was like oh cause I collected comic books and read like I, I read really bad comic books when I was young like Ghost Rider and stuff like that you know what I'm saying um, just anything Any. I saw a flaming skull on the front of yeah. a comic book and I was like ooh give me that and I would just kind of start reading them and then in fifth grade I changed schools and I met my you know now good old friend Pat Daly and he sat me down he was like you can't collect comic books anymore that's not cool music's cool here's some Nirvana and he essentially saved my life (laughs) in a lot of ways but but I put them down for a long time but I remember um, and we'll get to it. Soon, I'm sure, but obviously, Sandman is the is the um, most well known comic book series that Neil Gaiman is known for. Um, Have you read any Sandman, Jake?
1: I actually i have I have never read any Sandman. It's like just this looming because now it's like complete. You can get it in all these like giant absolute editions. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm scared. I'm honestly scared I'll like it too much. <laughs> like, you'll just see me just, like, wearing, like, onk necklaces and, like, and, and wearing tattered black everything.
0: Yeah, it's real gothy. It's real fun. I mean, Marcus, you were a big Sandman fan. We got to bring you into this episode uh, yeah. a little bit more. I'm sorry about I know, I mean, in got... your whole situation.
2: I... <laughs> Marcus has a, all... a big
0: back tattoo of Morpheus, AKA, I... a.k.a. Dream, a.k.a. Sandman. It's so big. It's so <laughs> Huge. Yes, it takes so up his whole back. I huge. will say though, I of all my friends with Sandman tattoos, you have the best one. Really? Oh, absolutely. Wait, oh. what's the worst one? Um, I, in case he listens, Mister <laughs>
1: Mister F, he Mr. or she, he
0: or it's a he. <laughs> what is it too? It should be a she. It was a lady. Well, we'll get to it later. Well, we'll, we'll say it right now. It was especially prevalently popular with females in college. Mm-hmm. Um, was was what really made Sandman take off people who don't normally read comic books, he really broke the mold in a lot of ways in terms of getting people into comics, including myself. Um. Yes, but yeah, you loved Sandman, you wanted to suck his dick <laughs> You loved it, right?
3: If his dick was real, it probably would have Found its way near my mouth Right, mm-hmm.
0: now, I, you know, what was or the
1: personification of dicks
3: right. yeah. Starts
0: with a D, he would have fit right in the pantheon <laughs> That's the thing, so it's all about Abstract dicks, abstract <laughs> Ways of thinking, you know Um. I, don't
3: know, I, I really, like, I was Kind of a gothy type of kid uh, I loved the story Like, I, I was very... Ethereal at the time, you know. Yes. I also like the idea of dreams and the collective unconsciousness and all that. Like a lot of that stuff really does speak to me. Yes. And stuff that I still believe uh to this day. Uh, it holds up. It totally I mean, the it's it's pretty fucking poncy at
0: floofy times. Floofy doofy for it's sure. Very, at times it's very floofy doofy. Are you talking about the Shakespeare the Midsummer Night's Dream? No, tri- that's that's it's very
1: floofy doofy, but it,
0: in
3: it's
1: in a nutshell, what is I honestly don't know what the plot of sandman is it's kind of fucking
0: hard to like it's big and i I think well okay one thing i will say about like why i felt like sandman was so brilliant when i read it at the time was because i think it's a 10 trade comic right 11 no Um, it is 10 10 trades right um trades one through eight were were a seemingly sort of random assortment of, of different small stories trade nine kind of just wrapped the whole thing up, brought everything back, did it in such a brilliant way that I didn't find the series to be brilliant until Trade Nine, and then I was like, oh my god, this is a masterful storytelling uh, example of storytelling right here, right?
3: Like You know how there's a lot like shows like Battlestar Galactica and Lost, they start off really strong because the guys don't really Mm. know where the story is going, and then once they get to the end, they just kind of fuck it up because they've been making it as they go along, but like Neil Gaiman, he admits that at the beginning he had no idea where Mm. the story he was going to actually go, but he was a good enough writer to bring all those threads together in a way. He was able to put the puzzle together. It was, Whereas so many of these guys that start off n- with nothing have no idea how to do,
0: but he knows how to do it. But he asked us what the plot was, so let us try to start with the very beginning. Dream is like being reborn at the beginning? Or... No, he's being, he's captured by an Alistair Crowley type. He's captured oh. by an Alistair Crowley type, correct, yeah. right? And he needs to escape, right? He needs bald, and Bald his,
1: head, huge erection. His,
0: <laughs> and it yeah. kind of starts like a, a video game. Like he has to regain these different, um, like he has a mask yeah. and he's got these different m- magical artifacts. He then has to go and reobtain. Yeah, right?
3: yeah. He has to go. Re- he has a, a mask that is made from a dead god. He has a, a ruby that is his dream ruby, and he has. <laughs> and has go, I'm so Don't you dare laugh. <laughs> I will
1: know. Don't you dare laugh while we talk. Fucking, I'm dead. You just said <laughs> the magic words. Dream- I didn't know. Dream ruby. <laughs> I Ruby, baby <laughs> It's
0: called The Matteropticon Uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I needed you so bad for this, Marcus, because I don't remember half of this shit. I mean,
3: so. I've read it so many times. Like, I, I've read it so many I fucking kinda times. I kind of plan to reread
0: it. Yeah. I, I got the first few trades, and, you know, um, I started working through it. I tried to turn My Lady Lexi onto it, but I just, I can't get her to like anything I like. But Boy, that's yeah. a completely different that's, episode.
3: That's a different episode. <laughs> that's, oh, no, that's, a, that's, that's a, a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a completely different yeah. podcast. And this third little thing is a little bag of sand. But that's really co- that's actually really cool because he goes Is it called uh, the Big Than? Big thin, <laughs> Big thin. That's a that's, I think that's the first truly uh, great Issue of that series is that that's when they bring John Constantine into mm. it because John Constantine has gotten a, gotten a hold of this bag of sand. He had a, an ex girlfriend steal it off of him, and when they found her, she had just been using this bag of like dream sand as a drug, uh, and it was like barely keeping her alive. And she was using it so much that like this house had essentially become a living nightmare and had like eaten mm. her father. When they it's finally really found cool. her,
0: she was just covered in sores, just sitting in bed. Well, and I think another element. That you probably turned you on greatly was it's, it's heavy elements of horror in, mm. mixed into this fluffy doofy so. world and everything also we should mention too that it centers around the endless which yeah. is sort of like um, how would you describe the endless it's not gods it's like uh, more fundamental than gods ideas uh, ideas uh, yeah. concepts and those were of course um, Death who had who who became wildly popular she had uh, even I know Death of- the cute goth chick yes yeah, the cute yeah, yeah. goth chick had her own run of comic books which um, is great is, yeah
3: there's the first one. Well, there were two miniseries. series. There was the first one and then the high cost of living, both of which were really both good. Both really good. And yeah. kind
0: of need to go back and, and read those. And and um, is there anything to say about death other than she was a badass goth chick? Yeah, she
3: was just like a really cute goth chick, like, hi, I'm death. <laughs> and like everyone was like, Oh, okay,
1: cool, I'll die. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I really loved uh, God,
1: de- so nineties. No, yeah. <laughs> oh, it
0: gets more nineties than that. Ooh. I really loved desire a lot. Desire yeah. was neither a man nor a woman. She was he, she was kind of in Anything you wanted her to be the, the the most beautiful thing in the world, right? Essentially, mm-hmm. am I am I tell me if I'm wrong? By the way, because this is all based on just a, a distant recollection.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, desire is like yeah, it's a, a um, what what do you call it? androgynous being uh, that lives in the heart of a gigantic statue of him herself, uh, and it's really I mean, she yeah, and she can make anybody want anything. I can't um, believe
1: that Neil Gaiman actually predicted Tilda Swinton's rise to fame. Dude, <laughs> totally looks like Tilda. Swinton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Super yeah. Real, like, so this, real, well, David like Bowie. I mean, it was totally, it was totally
0: modeled after Bowie, right? In a lot of ways, then despair was a pretty good manifestation of depression, yeah. I would think. What um, was despair?
3: Naked fat chick.
0: Yeah, big, Aww. big upset fat girl.
3: Yeah, she got, uh, she has rats. Like And rats, rats will come Wasn't well, like, she always chew like her cutting, cutting herself Yeah she's got something? a little Like hook ring she constantly Cuts herself yeah, with Yeah that she's always Like cutting her face with Yeah And uh, her realm is uh, Just a bunch of mirrors In which she can uh, Watch people uh, Despair They get like the, the uh, Yeah it's like She sits in One of these Is like she sits And watches a Grocery store manager uh, Stare at a gun As her As his wife Goes to the police With the pictures He took with uh, Their son pedophile pictures and it's a what was it he stares at the gun wondering if he has the courage to pull the trigger he doesn't
0: you know another name i don't understand from way back in the day pedophile pictures why would you name your kid that <laughs> anyway <laughs> um
1: Wait, I, i'm sorry this was like in a fucking dc comics yes. it was vertigo it, yes. yeah i mean this but was, like was it did it also have ads for like Green Lantern, the Parallax, like <laughs> all of those dead.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's no worse than anything that was in like Preacher, or The Invisibles, or any of the like later Swamp Thing runs. Check out Waverider number three. Like,
1: what the <laughs> fuck? It's insane.
3: Yeah. And
0: um, yeah, it was actually originally created. Uh, uh, the the character Sandman was actually uh, he took this old superhero character that was created yeah, back in, in the like Justice the Society. Yeah,
3: Wesley Dodds.
0: He wore a green business suit, a fedora, and a gas mask, and used a gun emitting sleeping gas to sedate criminals uh later uh he was putting a unit in a cowl and i love his sidekick name can you guess it yeah Sandman, Sandy, Sandy. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Ooh, that's yeah. Oh, I can't remember what his name was when he came back in the '90s in JSA. I think Sandy. I think he changed his name to like Geo Force. Yeah,
1: that was Geo (laughs) Force. That's hilarious. Yeah, Geo
3: Force. I can't. Something like something really dumb like that. Damage was he? Damage. I remember damage. No, but damage came back. I think is turned into Nucleon, and then who he turned into the original Atom Smasher. I think
1: guys, comic books are great and anyone who says otherwise, <laughs> I will punch very ineffectively.
3: There you go. And I'll
0: watch it. No, i didn't watch it. My
1: knowledge
3: of comic books like ends extremely, it's like from a period of like 1994 to 2006, I know Everything. Do you <laughs> need to
0: know anything before or
3: after that period, I though. I mean, you need, you can read, really like, Crisis on Infinite Earths is pretty good. And there's I mean, some good, like, early 80s stuff. Like, the concept, like, the Hellblazer stuff is really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, all the Judge Dredd stuff before that is, like, really... There's a lot of really great You're, stuff in the 80s and That's the, that's, the thing 70s, is... 70s and 80s.
1: Like, uh, bef- it's, something happened in the 80s and 90s where, like, after so many years of, like, the Comics Code Authority and, like, all these, like, heavy restrictions on what can be in a comic book... They just brought in all these British dudes from 2000 AD and now it's like and it was Alan Moore and Grant Morrison and Neil Gaiman was kind of like this weird he was, like, part of that generation, but also, like, way younger than all of them.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, he actually looked up to Alan Moore. He was an idol of his who later became a good friend of his who kind of shepherded him into the comic books. He actually said um, that he was at some – I can't even find it. Whatever. He was he was at some train station, and he picked up a copy of, I think, Swamp Thing. Yes. Yes. Uh, in eight, 1984, he picked up a copy of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, which inspired him to go to London's Forbidden Planet and start buying comics. Forbidden Planet, of course, being the shop that I didn't know existed that long. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, that's yeah. In the same year, he wrote his first book, uh, which was a biography of the band Duran Duran.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is the most Neil Gaiman thing I've ever heard in my know, entire right? oh, life. I do today. And that's- he
0: actually, Neil Gaiman was a, 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 sort of a semi-research assistant for Alan Moore during the writing of the watchman oh. he came up with some he helped him come up with some of those quotes that he used at the beginning of each uh, comic chapter he'd be like mm-hmm. this is what the issue is about um do you think you could you know come up with a quote and he'd go dig up quotes for him and stuff and kind of helped him out a little bit in oh. the making of the watchman was one of my favorite things i learned in researching about this i love the watchman yeah. it was another it was like the watchman and sandman kind of brought me back to comic books in college but okay, so here's the thing. And though. weed
1: <laughs> is that of all these comic book guys, like Neil, of all these British like weirdos, like there's Alan Moore who's just like basically become just a, a bog troll, snake, wizard. please, snake a, a, war, a warlock, a warlock. <laughs> It's just like, it's like, oh, all the movies are when the everything's crop and fucking, what if Wendy from fucking Peter Pan fucked Dorothy?
0: <laughs> like, he been, I uh, have Lost Girls, by the way. I heard it, yeah. And did Lexi like that? She did. Oh, okay. She did like that. She likes stuff like that.
1: Uh, and, uh, you know, Grant Morrison's just doing fucking, like, mushrooms in the middle of a castle <laughs> far away from anything. But, like, Neil Gaiman's the one that's just, like, he'll show up at your Barnes & Noble. Like, he's, yeah. like,
0: real slick. Well, I- I mean well you know uh, He's married to Amanda Palmer uh, of, of the Dresden Dolls Formerly of the Dresden Dolls Either way um, And I actually got to be backstage With her and Neil Gaiman uh, During um, Kurt Braunhaller's show mm-hmm. uh, Back when he used to do that here that, His late night show God I got high in your room And stared at that poster so Right because I got Amanda Palmer To sign it And I was going to get um, Neil Gaiman to sign my copy Of Clash of Kings As a funny joke mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I didn't get the balls up today ah! <laughs> so I didn't oh, uh, you'd be down for that I know right well I also d- you know it was one of those where it was like I had Amanda Palmer sign the poster that I had because it was her face on the thing and then it was like well the night's about her doing a performance he was just there to support her and I felt like it would be kind of dicky mm-hmm. to be like but really Mr. Game? and you know plus I was so nervous I hate I can't stand that stuff Yeah, I was so nervous to be near <laughs> him it was like totally weird that's
1: the trick is you just act like you're you belong
0: <laughs> yeah, completely. and you'd be like,
1: as someone that belongs here, I think it's funny to do this with,
0: right? You. Yeah, at least it feels good to be like backstage, hanging out, you know. And I'm not not supposed to. I'm not like about to get removed by security, so that was kind of fun. No,
1: the one the one move I do to prove that I'm not intimidated by a celebrity if I'm on a show with them is just when they get off stage to go, don't listen to those assholes. I thought you did great out
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> I just throw my Nintendo 3DS at them. <laughs> And run away Just be like I Gotta catch them all And then run out How, run many, out how many
1: Nintendo 3DS's Have you bought?
0: About 14 yeah. I've <laughs> seen 13 famous people In my lifetime Or well Since the Nintendo 3DS Came out Before that It was Game Boy Color I skipped the Game Boy Advance generation So before that It was Game Boy Color Before that It was Game Boy Pocket And then before that It was, that, it was the OG Game Boy
1: Is that why you were Asking me for shoe money
0: Last week? Yes Yes Absolutely Well then and crack <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, uh. <laughs> So yeah, back to um uh, the endless. I feel like I'm gonna I'm I'm having OCD right now. I want to finish the list out oh, of, of the endless right. So there was uh, I can't remember a couple of what these looked like. So maybe you can help me. Destiny. Yeah, destiny
3: uh, was uh, the oldest of. or was it? Destiny or death? That was the oldest. Destiny uh, was the one who had his own garden. He had a big robe on that was always over his eyes. He was constantly reading. from he a had gigantic a big book. book. Yes. Yeah, 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 that was
1: chained to him. Yes, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. and really uh, cool yeah.
0: personification. Yeah. A
1: death. Do you like that imagery
0: <laughs> yes <laughs>
3: destiny knows what all that was all that is and most of
1: what will be oh. <laughs> that's such a neil gaiman thing is that like <laughs> darkness darkness whimsy <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly well shit I, you i have to bring up uh despair then uh, or i mean delirium because yeah. that's exactly what that is she used to be delight now she's delirium. Mm-hmm. And she's got she, what I love is her word bubbles. She always talks in like multicolored uh, lettering and stuff. And uh, she's just always kind of talking complete nonsense. Very heavily based off of Tori Amos, I believe. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. And of course, uh, Neil Gaiman, well, maybe people don't know this. I didn't know this until I researched it. He was, he's really good friends with Tori Amos. She references him in several of her songs and references d- uh, delirium. What is, what is, the, what what is, is she, how does she reference Neil Gaiman? She's just hanging with Neil. <laughs> The tree. And he apparently made her a talking tree In one of his books <laughs> It's all this silly artist shit that's
1: like, But that's like a 90's cultural Power couple oh, at that it's point It's crazy like, that's, yeah, yeah. like if George R. R. Martin and like Taylor Swift Just hung out together at right? this
0: point Yeah we're just fucking 69ing each other And fucking you know yeah And made uh, Taylor Swift a fucking boar in, in one of his books Kills one of the kings or whatever um, Yeah he made her a talking tree In something uh-huh. and um yeah. Oh, Eliram's
3: like a 13, 14-year-old girl, somewhere around there, stringy hair, but she changes it up a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she can pretty much change in anything. She can turn make anyone go crazy. And she at one time, like there's a she's driving down the road, she's like, I'm a good driver, but she's on the wrong side of the road, and the state trooper pulls her over and says, Ah, oh, tarnation, what are you doing? <laughs> Starts yelling at her. And so she just makes him feel like he has bugs on his skin for the rest of his life. Because he's doing his job. <laughs>
1: Unpredictable. Hey, hey Holden. Real quick. Like, hold I, I don't think I don't think Marcus can hear us. What if? <laughs> what if we just change the podcast to Marcus retells Neil Gaiman stories? No, right? It's so. Marcus reads Sandman. I'm so
0: happy that he's here because I wouldn't be able to do. And this is so much better. This his synopsis is so much better than Wikipedia. <laughs> Um, no. you should write your own Wicked Marcus's page, Parks's pages, <laughs> Park page, and it'll just Park be page. murderers and, you know, floofy dude, Neil Gaiman comic books. Um... And then there was destruction, which I can't. Again, I it's the only one that I can't remember. Besides, uh... destruction
3: was the only one of the endless to actually retire. Right? He, yeah. Yeah, he reti- yeah. He retired about two hundred years before the book actually uh, occurred. He's a, a big, tall, red-headed guy that lives in Greece with his talking dog Barnabas.
0: Yes. Ah! Uh, yes. And Barnabas
3: is a salty dog. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> but let's let's take a, a trip back in time. Mm-hmm. I know, right? To where to and and to to Neil Gaiman's uh, beginnings.
1: Oh, I thought we were going to kill
0: Hitler, but okay, yeah, let's go with your Hey, every time if anybody <laughs> asks me if I had a time machine, it's two things: it's go back in time and meet Neil Gaiman as a young child mm. and murder Hitler. If
3: yeah. <laughs> you murder Hitler, we never would have had Saving Private Ryan, or
0: maybe Neil Gaiman. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> his parents wouldn't have gotten horny enough to fuck if if uh, there was a peace in humanity up until then. <laughs> Right? That made sense, right? <laughs> Everything I'm saying makes sense right now, right? <laughs> he was born in 1960 in Portchester, Hampshire, then moved to the West Sussex town of East Grinstead. I say that uh <laughs> Can you say that in
1: a goofier accent?
0: Uh hey, born in Portchester, Hampshire, then he moved to the West Sussex town of East Grinstead, yeah. Huh? And if you take a left at left uh, West Grinstead, oh, uh, you'll get to the the Post Hampshire Port. Post Hampshire Port has the best burgers. He has two younger sisters, which probably um, is a good indication why he was able to kind of write for uh, women's likings so much. Yep. Again, a sentence that I feel like would be better said, formatted in a different way than I said it. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. he uh, but w- is able to write women in such a way that other women are able to relate to the characters. Yeah, in college. In college. Mm. <laughs>
0: A lot of college Always Always in college <laughs> Looking back at it It's like man This was so written For women in college Yeah it really was No, no it like was Sarah Lawrence ass Fucking <laughs> chicks
3: Dude it didn't matter If it was Sarah Lawrence Or Texas Tech man I Cause I worked at a Comic book store in college And my whole thing Was uh, turning college kids On to comic books You know like Were there we... any cuties
0: That were all through totally. this? Oh, totally. Yeah yeah, yeah. They yeah. show you their uh, bush yeah. <laughs> 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 Still got it yeah. <laughs> Still got
3: oh, it Oh I'm
0: in a comic book
3: store all. All these toys are making me horny. Oh, you they did make you horny, though, Marcus.
1: <laughs> no, it was the girl that was yeah, in those. Yeah. That oh, that's the yeah, way yeah. the girl talks. Yeah, that's the way the girl talks. And yeah, then you like, rung up your Trans Metropolitan graphic novel. <laughs> no, <laughs>
3: man, I could fucking. I, someone walks in the door. Yeah, that's what it was. It's like, are, is this a Sandman person? Trans Metropolitan
1: preacher? Which weird British guy? Which, are exactly. You like? <laughs> yeah, which right. weird British guy are, are you right. going to be into? They're All
0: fucking British, yeah. man.
1: No, I'm telling you, like they just they that generation. They, they're they like uh, comic books in Britain like even humor magazines they have actual teeth like they're as actual yeah. like they can be degenerate they're they crooked though the te- yeah yeah <laughs> uh- <laughs> So they had to bring in all these fucking ringers to use uh, to actually like make anything good with these uh, these old characters because that was they were just throwing garbage characters. Well, there.
0: and that's what happened with Sandman was that uh, the uh, Karen Berger, who would later become the head of DC Comics Vertigo, she literally went up to Neil Gaiman after he had written um, a limited series called Black Orchid and said, "Hey, um, I don't know what Black Orchid's about." She said, "Hey, take the Sandman." On, use only the name. Do whatever you want with the property. Is this
1: the same time that uh, Grant Morrison got Animal Man and also went fucking nuts with it?
3: Yeah, around that same time. I, th- I think Animal Man I was- need to bef- read that. I think that was before uh, Neil Gaiman came around. I think that was before- I think so, yeah. I really but it was around the same time, late 80s. Okay. It, yeah,
0: because was it after Alan Moore's San- uh, Swamp Swan thing? thing? Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because cool. uh, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing was, I think- 86, 87. Yeah, because I remember Swamp Thing number 32 was the first comic book I ever read. Yeah, Brilliant. No, it was great. It was the issue where there's all the little pogo guys, and then one of them gets eaten by an alligator. was very sad, and it taught me about death at too young of an age. I need to read that. <laughs> you know, comic books. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they were all talking silly. Yeah.
0: You know, at the same time. <laughs> um... One kind of crazy fact that I learned is that his parents were fucking Scientologists. Really? Yeah. No, wait. I I thought... uh, His parents studied Dianetics at the Scientology Center, and one of Gaiman's sisters works for the Church of Scientology in Los Angeles. A quote from his sister was, most of our social activities were involved with Scientology or our Jewish family. It's a Jewish Scientology mix. It would get very confusing when people would ask my religion as a kid. I'd say, I'm a Jewish Scientologist. That's...
1: Jake, you're the Jewish. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, uh, part of me is like, oh, that's no oh, you don't you don't like to hear that when when a when a cool person is part of a, <laughs> a terrifying weird death cult run by an insane person. <laughs> um, but I mean, if it was early enough, like that's it unfortunate, w- <laughs> <laughs> ah, nerds. <laughs> if it's early enough, like it became religion, like it it was a gradual, gross process. Yeah, I before, mean, before it that... was just like the secret.
3: Yeah, at Uh that time it was more of a a self-help type of thing Have you
1: done uh, Last Podcast on Scientology yet?
3: No, not yet, but I do have a good source that I just got from a dumpster in Los
0: Angeles Ooh, very nice Yeah, I think this, I think, speaking of uh, 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 Last podcast, kind of black magic-y stuff Mm -hmm. um, uh, when, When he was able to read, he was able to read at the age of four and at the age of 10 He really liked the works of Dennis Wheatley Are you familiar with this author? I know that name He especially liked The Caw of Gifford Hillary And The Haunting of Toby Jug Absolutely <laughs> not I have never Absolutely heard of those not. books You would ever. remember I would remember The Haunting of Toby Jug The Haunting of Toby Jug Was about a disabled British airman Recovering from World War II Who goes to live in a castle in Wales That is run by a member of a Satanist brotherhood That sounds pretty fucking Yeah he kind of wrote like uh, uh, His main character a lot like inspired James Bond mm-hmm. But they always had to deal with Some kind of black magic Or, or Satanism or something like that yeah. He wrote thriller, thrillers and occult Occult novels and pitted his I just said that came to be considered An authority on Satanism Exorcism and black magic uh, And he also joined the Ghost Club Have you talked about the Ghost Club at all? No. The what? The Ghost Club is a paranormal Investigation research or research organization Founded in London in 1862 Check out the Ghost Club I mean the thing if you just type
3: in the Ghost Club it's, I don't think it's going to be the cool They got a Wikipedia page.
0: <laughs> they got a Wikipedia page. I'm talking about Dennis Wheatley, of course not Neil Gaiman also and the uh, uh the Cobb Gifford Hillary A Black Magic Story is about two military men planning to counter Soviet Russian aggression when Sir Gifford Hillary inexplicably witnesses his own murder. It's about a black magic cult or something. That's pretty cool. It's kind of cool, right? I mean, I don't know how great these books are, but it really makes a lot of sense that he would be kind of obsessed with these darker, twisted things. And then, of course, he was also inspired by Lord of the Rings, The Chronicles of Narnia, and Alice's Adventure of Wonderland. Yeah, no shit, Wikipedia. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, was he fucking interested in Batman? Yeah, of course he liked Batman, too. You know, it's just like, you know, blow your brains out, Wikipedia.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, don't. I'll have to pay for things again. I
0: know. But anyways, yeah, I thought that was kind of a very interesting thing about his early childhood life. He was a spookster. He was a bit of a spooky boy.
1: Okay, so here's the thing: is like he's been in the public eye for this entire time. He's like, a, you know, he's he was a, he's a darling of like. I'm sure he's like giving a talk at the Bell House in Brooklyn as we speak. Right. Uh, he does like a lot of pop culture stuff. A lot of his stuff is adapted into movies and TV shows. Uh, I remember every time he wrote an episode of Doctor Who was a big fucking deal. Oh, I didn't even know he did that. Yeah, yeah. There was uh, the first one was uh, one where the Tardis itself is just inhabited by a, a spooky lady. Is like a, the Tardis becomes just like a walking, talking lady with like Helena Bottom Carter vibes. Cool. And like the Doctor's like, oh, I'm in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other one was like a big Cyberman adventure that involved uh, Willow as the emperor of space. What's that actor's name? I like uh, Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis is the emperor of space. Huh.
0: Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, he he really kind of is the backbone of anything kind of cool fantasy, right? I mean, he made these floofy do things. I think floofy-doo is just the word we're using today. He yeah. made these things, like, hip and cool again. And, you know, I think that's obviously why he works so well with the ladies and everything. And, um, you know, of course, after, uh, what, we had Sandman, um, And uh, some of the other comic books That was his main comic book thing But then he went on to write of course A bunch of Books that are incredibly well known, starting with Good Omens with the famed fantasy writer uh, Terry Pratchett. Yeah, from Discworld. Yes, from the Discworld series, a series I've been meaning to read. A comedy fantasy writer, which is pretty rare. Um, and it got it got Neil Gaiman his first start. Well, I mean, obviously his first book was the Duran Duran autobiography. <laughs> that I mean, everybody, that's one of your first books that they hand you in ninth grade. It's like Catching the Rye Neil Gaiman's Duran Duran autobiography <laughs> or biography. It's not an autobiography because he wasn't in the band Duran.
1: <laughs> I kind of admire just how much he does collaborate, how much he does reach out to people and just puts put himself out there, whether that's like a little bit schmoozy. You know I, I keep and I keep laying on the fact that, like, he's this slicker spookster. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's got he's in control of his image
0: And like he's
1: willing to collaborate He's, completely he's willing
0: that. to team up Well he started off in the 1980s He started off as a journalist Writing book reviews and doing er- interviews And the reason why was so that he could just get in With all these <laughs> fantasy and comic writers That's the ex- only reason why he did it Was so he could get in their good graces he, re- he wrote for the British Fantasy Society Which would probably be a fun crew to roll with You know like, Yeah the British Fantasy Society Yeah dude what are they <laughs> doing at the pub They get <laughs> fucked
1: up dude <laughs> Well I mean he does have some enemies like, uh, are we? Do we want to get into the fucking
0: sure. spawn stuff? Uh, yeah, baby. We can get into oh, the spawn yeah. stuff. So yeah, I mean, what a perfect enemy for <laughs> you know, game. Uh, Todd McFarlane, Todd McFarlane, like the bro-iest, Opposite ends. broiest, bro dude of comic book writers. You know what I did, dude? I fucking made a shitload of money, and then I bought some hockey cars <laughs> It's like it's like a fat clown, right? <laughs> but then like he just turns into this monster, man. Well, it's like a super cool monster. It's like got this like mouth. He goes
3: like. Mruh and then it opens up and then it's like one fucking dude. There's like the one horn on top. <laughs> P- fuck dude, there's two more on,
0: on. <laughs> Yeah. I have to admit. But
1: then when he's a clown, he farts a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Todd McFarlane, are you are you here? <laughs>
0: my God. I don't understand the comic books. They just keep flying off the shelves. Stop reading his comic books. I mean, I have to admit, I have spawned number like one through 50 back in my uh, house. and yeah. no, in no. Me, uh, t- me too. I mean, that's why I know. Yeah. It's <laughs> so ridiculous. Todd
1: McFarlane draws the way being 14 years old feels. Like yeah. everything's just sinewy Super. and shredded yeah. and like
0: fraying. Super duper like it. It's just like he nailed that. Like at like what is cool when you think cool things. Yeah. Everything's in spawn. That is just chains. Rugged. Hell. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> just spikes everywhere. I mean, all of this Savage Dragon. I mean, we're talking about image comics now. Savage Dragon, Young Bloods. I mean, this i mean nothing could be more different than that and um delirium talking to <laughs> you know to sandman in a gutter. I tend
1: my garden now yeah. Yeah, for yeah. earthly affairs no
0: longer <laughs> me. sandman which was um um uh, oh what was it? He was it was originally he what he he imagined the character as a ma- a man young, pale and naked imprisoned in a tiny cell waiting until his captors passed away, deathly thin with long dark hair and strange eyes. Fuck that yeah. noise. This guy's <laughs>
1: called Blade Storm.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, dude, like my dude, like his name's fucking Al <laughs> Al Simmons, but you know what, dude? He's black. Cuz <laughs> black dudes are cool as
1: fuck. Cross or I or mean, you so, won't dude. see his face ever, yeah. but. No, you'll never
3: see his face, and then when you do see his face, it's like all burned and shit, so you don't actually know that he's a black guy or nothing, but his fucking <laughs> wife
1: is some hot ass.
3: Hot chick. Yeah. Every <laughs> chick in my shit has big tits. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So, how did
1: these two darlings of the comic
0: scene throw down? Now, Tom McFarlane had him guest uh, write an issue of Spawn. Uh, that's how they ended up throwing down. He guest wrote an issue of Spawn. And he introduced three characters Angela, mm-hmm. Cagliostro, and Medieval Spawn. Yeah. <laughs> Which medieval Spawn is the coolest. He's spawn. Very, co- sp- very cool. I
1: remember wanting
0: that action figure so bad. I had that yeah. fucking action figure. Yeah, still oh, got it too. So cool, Dude. yeah, the coolest one. And Todd McFarlane continued to use the characters without paying Gaiman any royalties or anything like that. Gaiman claimed that he had the rights, um, and they had a big legal back and forth. Because the whole
1: point of Image was like, "Fuck the big guys. If you make it, you got it. You, like you own the rights to your shit." Right, yeah. and so it. But to- also, you guest wrote. A, you wrote the character medieval spawn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you
0: imagine that court case? It's yeah. just like I wrote to eat this man in question. July 44th, he put the helmet on the spawn.
1: (laughs) Now, figure one, spawn. Figure figure two, spawn with a shield. (laughs) I rest my case. Uh, also, they, Angela is just like any generic '90s hot chick hero lady, right? It was yeah. like
0: some kind of uh, I. I uh, it was some kind of angel that was kind of fucking with him, and and you know whatever. Uh, she was an angel that uh, hunted Spawns. Okay, <laughs> yeah. she was an angel that hu- hunted Spawns. Right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was but, an, like that was her whole
1: Artemis or like any one of like Wonder Woman's like weird gal. Pals. I think it
0: also added a full concept to the whole Spawn story that. There were other spawns in mm. history. All mm. of this stuff. It added all these layers to Todd McFarlane's work that I think one could then argue, like, well, I kind of gave him, like, major story, you know. He Bill-fingered it. Yeah. yeah. He gave and, him an actual story. Yeah, he, like, opened the whole thing up. So I think that's where the, the argument came in. Yeah. No, uh, was what whole... if Spider-Man
1: had chains on his forearms?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and there was also an uh, argument over uh, the character Marvel Man, which was... Um, um, yeah. What was it? Eclipse comics. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, it was Alan Moore, right? That's
0: so. Oh, I mean, yes. if we're
1: gonna unpack Marvel Man, that's like its own. Okay,
3: Marvel Man AK, Miracle Man, all that type. Yes. of Yes. So yeah.
0: I, I want to know more about this. I was trying to like digest it, and I just I just my eyes started bleeding. So yeah, uh, Captain
1: Marvel, the big red, uh, big red dumb kid, Billy Bastion, Shazam. Captain Marvel was a popular character at a certain point. It was he was more popular than Superman because he was like more fun and dynamic and he had like talking animal friends tawny tiger tawny tiger (laughs) um (laughs) and uh those comics were exported to britain and then the publisher who had the rights to publish those stories in britain lost the rights but still had a huge audience so they just whipped up marvel man and he was like basically like a kid he says like uh the magic word he becomes marvel man he uh uh, he has a, like all these sidekicks, like Kid Marvel Man, and like uh, and all this uh, Man
0: Marvel Man, yeah. and Woman Marvel. But it was Man. like a
1: shot for shot, like just reskin of that of Captain Marvel, and it was pretty. It still did well. It had a place in all these characters' hearts, and uh, Eclipse Comics kind of. I don't know whether they had the rights to it originally, but they they rebooted it, and Alan Moore basically. I, I think it is like the first like. Uh, what's the word? Deconstruction of a classic superhero story, like adding fucked up elements. Like That yeah. was
0: Alan Moore's thing. Was Alan Moore the first guy that really was doing that in comic books?
1: I think it's just by sheer chronological happenstance, like comics had been around that long and right. like that generation
0: had grown up enough. That, that they have a point of reference so they can start to. Sort that of- they,
1: yeah, that they that they know enough about the source material and the themes that emerged from it to actually like kind of undercut it and like change it. And adapt it
3: well. There was other guys working on it, like Rick Veitch did a lot of really cool shit around the same time as Watchmen, but it was also all uh, that was all uh, independent stuff and also a lot more fucked up. Like mm. where it was essentially like he he did this a uh, book called a uh, Brat Pack, which is amazing, but what it pretty much is is that uh, what is it the Justice League is a localized pedophile <laughs> ring and all of the kids that like come in and out of like all the uh, sidekicks side- are pretty not much not
1: Sandy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyone <laughs> but Sandy
3: like all the sidekicks are like shuttled in to these superheroes by like the local Catholic church uh, and it's dark as fuck fo- like, I've the cover- never heard of this you've never heard of a Brat Pack <laughs> never oh, dude it's great like the cover is so disturbing oh, it's a Fucking kid! All you see is like just the leg of a kid, and uh, he's shaving his legs, and uh, the and it's he actually is cutting it, and he's like got his uh, mask like hanging out of his mouth. It's real like Brad Pack's fucking disgusting, but it's awesome.
0: Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, so (laughs) it's hard to follow that, Marcus. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, so Gaiman ended up. That was actually Gaiman's first comic book uh, experience. Is he ended up picking up Miracle Man? Miracle Man, formerly known as Marble Man, after Moore finished his run of the series. Um, and then the uh, publisher Eclipse folded, and then Tom McFarlane later, bizarrely enough, ended up buying the rights to it or something like that for $25,000. Yeah, there was some weird... Ah oh, shit! Kind I sh- of thing. It's an extremely
1: complicated yeah. case. Yeah, it's a very complicated yeah. case. It's so it running really... for, de- for decades.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, I think he wanted to reboot it in like a badass fucking tubular way, where like you know, uh, Miracle Man was fucking rode a surfboard, um, <laughs> and I, and then there was a big legal dispute over that. So it's like a two pronged legal dispute that I think is like coincidence, right? I mean, they they just both seem to kind of come together, right? I. T-
1: There was a a falling out. Everything, like, kind of coalesced where, like, Marvel ended up getting the rights to Miracle Man because Marvel Man, even though DC technically still owns Captain Marvel and, like, everything's crazy there. And then Marvel got the rights to Angela and all those characters. So, like, it was for a weird time they're like... Fucking, we got image characters now. They're not good, but fucking, this is fucking crazy. Um, and, uh, but and, but Gaiman ended up winning. Yeah, Gaiman won when all is said and done.
0: That's the story. That's the end of that story right there. Gaiman, fuck, of course he won. Yeah. Tom McFarlane's, so, you know, because it's like Gaiman probably had like smart lawyers and Tom McFarlane probably oh, just, just had eat- muscle men that he picked up on the way there to defend him. You know what I'm saying?
1: Your Honor, as, as the representative of the Venice Beach Law Firm, I need you to check out this
0: evidence, right bicep, and put, this evidence. Put the guns down, sir. Please put the guns then, down. Then, like,
1: Neil Gaiman on the steps is like, a poem of winter. A lovely kiss. The darkness envelops us, and yet we smile. Not guilty! <laughs> Not guilty.
0: Um, going back to the books, um... Uh, the boring fucking books. No, no, no. I, I loved. I, I really enjoyed Good Omens. Uh, it's uh, of course about the. Apocalypse Essentially Mm -hmm. A comedy about the apocalypse Is I guess the best way To to sum it up Uh, It's pretty great You know It's about the birth Of the son of Satan uh, The coming of the end times um, The four horsemen Of the apocalypse I think one of my favorite Subplots Is a mix up In a small county hospital On the day of the birth Of the growth Of the antichrist (laughs) And so Adam ends up uh, Growing up uh, With the wrong family And he's totally The antichrist And has all these crazy powers But he's brought up In like a traditional home Yeah and um, they keep waiting
3: for the powers of the Antichrist to manifest And just this like regular fucking kid that's Good up omens, in a... I just got the title yeah. Alright That's <laughs> yeah. growing up in like a Satanist family But he's just like, I
0: don't know <laughs> uh, American Gods was super big too. That was, American, American gods was great. American Gods was huge. That's definitely the centerpiece, and it really, really is f- a phenomenal read. Yeah. Um, that's the only other one I've actually read. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I can't talk at length about the other ones, but um, it's it's you know what can I say? The old gods against the new. Just pick it up and read it. He, he What's uh, a new god and what's an old god? Um, like the old
1: god would
3: be Odin, and a yeah. new god would be like the one. Of the new god of technology was like a big fat. Kid kid with pimples and shit. It's like, (laughs) you can't stand against us. Uh, But then there was like a god of highway, a god of telephone. Like, it's like pretty much the sort of things that we worship now that don't actually have. Names, right? Interesting, yeah, yeah.
0: It's 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 really, really yeah. fucking it's good. It's like a
3: goddess celebrity that appears as Marilyn Monroe. Stuff, it's like
0: very that. smart, it's very well written, and um, you know, it'll probably get you laid if you recommend it to like a girl <laughs> you like,
3: yeah. Well, until the TV show comes out, and then it won't be cool anymore. No, and then it won't be cool anymore.
0: Um, uh, some other uh, uh, the other uh, books he wrote, Neverwhere, I will uh, recommend that as uh, it's about like sort of magic in London's underground. There is a really fantastic BBC like uh, radio play. Uh, that they made. It's in several parts. I think you can find it online. I found it online somewhere and listened to it, and it was phenomenal. Great voice Ooh. acting, really well done. It was wonderfully adapted. It's 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 really wonderful. Um, and then Stardust, which is um, uh, kind of written more in a Tolkien-ish fashion, mm-hmm. which is written about, uh, and it's uh, the adventures of a young man from the village of Wall, which borders uh, the magical land of fairy. You yeah. might
1: remember Stardust as the most laughably under performing fantasy film until pan had come out (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i need need to see it uh, with
3: michelle pfeiffer right yeah what happened to her uh she got eaten by piano (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, the graveyard book which is it a children's book
0: graveyard book it's supposed to be like the jungle book but instead of animals it's like ghouls follows the adventures of a boy named bod after his family is murdered and he is left to be brought up by a graveyard um,
3: he's got brought up by a graveyard.
0: Yes, brought up. I I need to read it. Honestly, that was of, of all these books. And then the ocean at the end of the lane follows an unnamed man who returns to his hometown at for a funeral and remembers events that begin forty years earlier. Those are the books he wrote. He wrote.
1: Uh, there's also uh, he's done some uh, film stuff.
0: Uh, that's actually. I mean, I love miss. I loved Coraline.
1: I loved Coraline as well. It's actually my primary experience with the work. I never actually read it, but it was maybe. One of the best animated films I saw. In the th- I saw and- it in 3D, which at the time oh, man. was mine. It was Absolutely. like that Avatar era where it was actually, that was enough of a draw.
0: Yeah. Um, I missed the 3D experience. I saw it at home with my lady love, but we had a great time.
1: And this is, this actually, while doing a little bit of research for this, this hit me super hard. He wrote the English localized uh, screenplay. For Princess Mononoke. Yeah. Which was like, it's still like one of my top five favorite movies with the dub. That's it's crazy. So good. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. It's my favorite Ghibli movie. And like they nail the tone and like the, the awe. That so he translated it? The He got a translation and then localized it and adapted it. For an American audience,
0: man, Neil Gaiman without you know without you know
1: he didn't change anything like major, but like if something was phrased specifically, he like would make it sound a little more poetic and like flowy for our for our sensitive white ears. You know that's what I'm saying.
3: Everything about it's amazing that he's married to Amanda Palmer because everything about Neil Gaiman (laughs) is designed to get you laid by girls (laughs) who (laughs) listen to the Dresden (laughs) Dolls. Yeah. it's It's so true. And Tori Amos. Yeah, and
0: Tori Amos. Yeah, it's all geared towards those types of girls. that's it that's what it's for and yeah. those types of girls are every girl yeah. that's why it will get you laid by every girl that's
1: yeah that's the that's the duality of that's why like he yeah some people like really don't like him like even in you know we made fun of Todd McFarlane but there were tons of people in the comics community that were like fuck Neil Gaiman uh it's this weird like he's super slick and like super like that that dude in college that he resented cuz he seemed to be just as effeminate as you but still got laid um and like but his shit's good you can't be mad Because <laughs> yeah, he good. can back
0: it up It's very good I I wonder what he'll do next I would love for him to You know Make a foray back Into comic books um, It definitely His earlier work Seems really fucking cool Such as the Tragical comedy Or comical tragedy Of Mr. Punch Which follows Childhood memories Of the narrator Paralleled with the Traditional story Of the Mr. Punch show it's I really mean cool. it's just cool That's cool Yeah it's really cool So yeah I mean You know It's definitely A, a dude to check out If, you, if you've if you never Heard of him before If you haven't heard Of him before Like I don't even know why, How you're listening To to this podcast it, you know It makes no sense to me It just would seem like You wouldn't even know What podcasts were I mean
1: you're probably Just out in the castle In the middle of Wales With fucking Grant Morrison Just like Fucking doing witchcraft And smoking <laughs> PCP If you don't know Who Neil Gaiman is
0: Rightest yeah. um, Radio Gmail.com I would love to hear Your story Because uh, it's a definitely A unique one um, I feel like he's Such a staple now Of of, of nerdery And nerddom And um, he definitely gets The Wizard and the Bruiser Seal of approval Gush <laughs> Frank, <laughs> Frank, <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us. As usual, I'm the Bruiser Holden McNeely, and I am the Whistle
1: to Jake Young. Uh, where can we follow you on Twitter? We
0: well, can follow me at, at Holdenators or at Holden McNeely or at Julia Johns sixty nine.
1: <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Best Jake Young, and I also uh, do stuff for Dorkly.com as well as the Droffy channel uh, on YouTube. So check those out
0: and uh, catch me on Twitch, uh, Holdenators hoe. You're
1: like the only Twitch channel I actually watch because you don't infuriate me.
0: Oh, thank you. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.
1: That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time.